Hey there, and welcome to Beer Branding Trends, conversations on building stronger craft beverage brands. Kodo Design has spent more than a decade working with craft food and beverage artisans, helping them to brand or rebrand, reposition, and reimagine what a compelling F&B brand can be. This show captures all of our fieldwork and experience into practical strategies, tips, and tactics to help you build a stronger brand and sell more beer. I'm Isaac Arthur. And I'm Cody Fagg. And this is the Beer Branding Trends Podcast. Hey, Cody, what's up? Good morning, Isaac. How are you, my friend? I'm excited, and I have a very important project to discuss with you today. I need you to completely rebrand my brewery. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're doing a bit here. So we, <laughs> so, so we need to refocus our positioning and brand strategy. I'm thinking we need a new identity. We're going to obviously need to extend that to our entire packaging line, including seasonals. And then we, we also need a new website, tap handle, sales material. We'd like it to all debut at the same time, if possible. And then we, we have several extensions that we need help with as well, like seltzers and RTDs and stuff like that. Wow. This uh, sounds like it could be a great fit for Kodo. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys have sized up the budget for this type of project. Oh, yeah. money Money's no problem. No problem at all. Nice. Then this is looking like a great fit. Just out of curiosity, what sort of timeline are you on? So I was thinking we could roll this entire rebrand out in two months, uh, you know, and, and actually if you kind of factor in our print lead times and TTB and an and important chain retail reset, we have more like three weeks. So yeah, something like two to three weeks, two weeks. Yikes. <laughs> you there? <laughs> Cody. That was a thrilling recreation of how many real conversations do you think you and I have had like that over the years? I don't actually know. A dozen plus maybe. Too too many. Yeah. And that's always heartbreaking, isn't it? You know, I'll be in a new business conversation discussing goals and scope and nodding along, getting really excited about the work we can do together. And then the person will drop an absurd timeline. Yeah, that's tough. That must be hard for you. I, I am truly the victim here. And, it, <laughs> <laughs> and if, if it makes you out there, the the brewery listening, we've experienced this with breweries and planning, and we've seen this scenario with some extremely large, extremely squared away, well put together internal teams at big breweries too. In fact, you know, the more established and squared away companies tend to be the ones with the more absurd timelines, aren't they? It, it can be the case. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, this is an issue. This is an issue that people may not be aware of. And I'm hoping that you and I can not just spend the next 30 minutes complaining, but maybe have a somewhat productive conversation about project timelines, about realistic project timelines. So you can call this a plea if you want. <laughs> if you're out there thinking about some sort of branding project, hopefully this conversation will give you a good idea of how much time you should be budgeting to knock that out with your branding partner. So Cody, with that, uh, what is the first thing we ask clients when they come to us to discuss a timeline? So we usually ask what's driving the timeline, you know, give, and this assumes that people starting a project have provided kind of a target date. So we always want to kind of know, does that hard and fast date exist and do you have to hit it? Or is there an option to do this at a comfortable pace, properly explore different avenues, different solutions we might sort of feel out along the way? Do we have time to do that or is there some hard and fast date we have to hit? Yeah, we very rarely see hard cutoffs, don't we? We've seen larger breweries need to race. You know, it usually comes up with like a a can order. You know, we have to hit X mark in order to have cans in time or a seasonal chain reset is maybe a common deadline we see come up. 
every now and then there are big anniversaries. So we like think about Atlanta brewing, right? Like we want to launch ahead of our 25th anniversary or our 10th anniversary, but I don't know. Other than that, we, we don't see them very often, do we? Yeah. I, I mean, generally breweries tend not to have super firm deadlines. I, I get the feeling that a lot of them are self-imposed. Like people are like, oh man, I'm going to procrastinate if I don't put a date on the calendar. So usually we're not up against a wall like that. That doesn't mean that we have the freedom to just sort of lollygag and, and waste time. We are a business as well, and we don't love things that drag on forever. We want to get really good work done in a reasonable amount of time. So we're always trying to move projects efficiently. But at the same time, there's no clear reason for rushing and slamming to hit, you know, frankly, sometimes kind of an unrealistic deadline. It's kind of always our tack to just, you know, slow down a little bit, make sure that we do this right, make sure that we give the scope of the project the time and thought that it deserves. I'm not sure if I've told you this, but the last few times that an unrealistic, this situation has come up like an unrealistic timeline, I've actually just started asking people what happens if we don't hit the timeline. And I, I know that's, <laughs> that's probably not the best tactic from a sales standpoint. I don't want to be like putting negative seeds in their mind right off the bat, but I'm, I'm trying to suss out if this is actually a real deadline or if you like to your point, you just needed to pick a date and kind of roll with it to keep yourself honest. The reason for that, and you and I know that we, we can actually rush and hit crazy timeline if we have to, our teams handled a remarkable amount of work in a very compressed, you know, three or four week window before it's not something we talk about publicly very often and it, because we, it's, it's not going to be as good as if we had four or six months to work on something, but it, it obviously can be done. But you and I know that nine times out of 10, uh, the client is likely going to hold something up. This doesn't mean the client is bad or not engaged or anything really negative about them. It's just so common that they won't get us important feedback turned around in time or approval or content or, or just something that essentially what happens is we will, our team and their team probably will have broken our backs for nothing because the deadline just slips away anyway. I mean, so is this a real deadline with real consequences or not? That's what we're trying to figure out. Let's shift gears a bit. I'm not sure if this will be helpful because these ranges are specific or likely will be specific to Kodo because you talk to 10 firms, you're going to get 10 different, you know, answers. Some people do move fast as a culture thing. Kodo tends to want to focus and take our time and get it right. But so we're not wishy-washy and we can ground this in something real. Let's just talk about Kodo in our timeline. So what are nice, comfortable, maybe not too slow, but also not super rushed timelines for like a typical engagement? And you can kind of pick, you know, branding, packaging, website, whatever. But can you kind of give us a rundown on what some of those engagements might look like? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can at least give people a ballpark idea. Um, maybe I can talk about a few individual kind of phases of a project and then kind of put together a more typical full engagement, what that looks like on a contract. So almost all of our engagements begin with a sort of research and strategic phase. This is something that can take anywhere from two weeks to a month, depending on kind of the brief and what we're trying to solve specifically. This involves talking to a lot of people, putting together a lot of thinking. It involves visual research and market research on our part. Sometimes there's a brand audit tucked in there as well. It just depends on what the project calls for specifically. Um, if you tack that then into, you take that strategic phase, which will then inform like a branding timeline, say like a, like a logo system or an identity system development. If we're rebranding someone to give an example, you're maybe looking at one and a half to two and a half months, kind of on that low end of things go ideally. And we hit that schedule. If we're throwing a name in there, then that gets a little bit longer. There's a lot of legal consideration, trademark consideration. We could be looking at about three months 
just to get the name, make sure it's clear, make sure that nobody contests it when you file for that trademark, et cetera, et cetera. So that adds a little bit of time to, to the scope of things if, if we're coming up for particularly like a parent brand name or a brewery name. Packaging timeline might be around three or four months. Tough to say without diving into specific scope there. Yeah. I know one of the concrete deadlines we tend to run into is, well, shit, we got to get a can order in before too long because of how the world is and because of how long it takes to produce these things. So that that can drive the timeline of a project very often. So so that can vary depending on what we're doing. Websites, anywhere, like a website is, is that's the one where those just tend to sit and languish. And it, it's because people, uh, clients specifically, always sort of underestimate the what it's going to take to get photography assembled and to get all the content written and, and put into the website. And, and it's not that those any of those things are particularly hard to do. It's just kind of a big, messy problem, you know, and, and we try to provide outlines and make it as easy as possible. But this is something that still slips. So, again, a, a website can be anywhere from a couple weeks to six months plus, you know, depending on what that content development process looks like on that side of things. Typical rebrand, kind of a big package where you're throwing all this stuff in together. So you're doing that research and strategy up front, developing a new identity system, you're applying that to packaging, and you're putting together a new website with all of that stuff kind of rolled into it. Overall, it might be around six months to finish all of that. And that's six or seven months is pretty typical for, yeah. for that type of a project. There are parts of that process, of course, that will overlap or run congruently. To give an example, you can get started on packaging while you're finishing up and saving out the identity. You know, you don't have to wait for one stage to be completely done before you move on to the next. So we can we can collapse the schedule and save a little bit of time there. And then in situations where clients are super crushed, we can explore identity and packaging at the same time. I don't always love doing this, but we have done it and, and it's turned out well. I just, you know, personally like to give shake everything out individually and, and give it give it its time to breathe. But every project's a little bit different. And we live in the real world. So sometimes you have to figure out how to make that work. Let's stay there for a moment. That's actually maybe a good discussion point. When people come to us with a crazy timeline to provide what a normal project would look like is we go through strategy, we go through identity, and the identity process might look like we're developing two different options. We're revising, finalizing that. Once that's done, we then move into packaging where we also look at different directions for packaging. If we're collapsing those in order to save, you know, a month and a half or two months or whatever it is, then we're essentially looking at two different directions up front, which would be identity and packaging direction one, identity and packaging direction two. That is a sprint that we can pull off if need be. But yeah, we we don't prefer that. And I know some firms kind of do that as a, a default. We've found and there's no value judgment there. We've preferred to do it our way. It's just the way we've done it over the years. But yeah, that is one. It's, it's one of the few levers we really have. One of my favorite business quotes I've ever heard, and I apologize because I don't remember who said it off the top of my head, but it's that delays are temporary, mediocrity is forever. <laughs> that does not mean that you just wait around and procrastinate to get stuff done. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is if you want to warm something over and get it out as quickly as possible, that might not have the competitive edge that you think it does. So Isaac, and kind of the example you just gave, being able to explore logo and identity system individually from packaging. It's just a much more thorough process. And I think probably on the client side of things, you get a much deeper look at how everything can look and feel. And, and I personally, as a customer, would feel like it was explored a lot 
more rigorously than than if we had collapsed everything together. Sure. We can still do that if we have to, meaning collapse the ID and packaging into one phase. We've done it before. I think the work turns out pretty good, but I always worry that maybe we miss out on some sort of opportunity because there wasn't as much exploration because frankly, we're doing more stuff in less time. And so we're able to give maybe, you know, 75% of the thought to each versus if we really get to pace them out and, and kind of carefully walk through each phase individually. Yeah, we're not going to put out anything that isn't good. I mean, that's not sound arrogant, obviously, but like we wouldn't let anything come out the doors that we're not proud of. It's just we want more time to fully explore all those cool little ideas that came up during strategy and let that inform a more well-rounded, strategically sound, beautiful, you know, whatever adjective you want to throw in here, compelling identity system. So let's talk about rushing. We touched on this earlier. Can we rush a project? A lot of agencies have a rush fee, for example. So, you know, if if our hourly rate is $200, if you want to get this done real fast, we'll do it for $400. We, we've even had clients, you know, when we, we push back and say, hey, this is really short timeline. Can we extend it? They've even offered to pay more money. I mean, can this be done? Sure. You know, to some extent, of course, we can rush projects. Important to keep in mind that we have probably a dozen projects of various size going on in, during any given week. Yep. So if we're rushing something... You know, we don't always get the opportunity to slot it in as best as we can. You know, it's it's we're people, we're human beings. We have a limited amount of time in the day, no matter how hard we work, no matter how talented we try to be. You still run up against, obviously, friction when you're trying to rush stuff. If you're trying to rebrand your brewery in like three or four weeks, that becomes a situation of diminishing returns. I, I, I would have great pause in trying to do that, particularly if you've been around for a while, just because... I don't understand how you would be able to measure equity of the existing brand and make changes to it and do that in a way that's sound and will actually make you money in that little amount of time. You know, we can rebrand a brewery in two months. We can develop a new logo and packaging for you in a week. I can I can go sit on my computer right now and get yeah. a logo. <laughs> it won't be any good. <laughs> so, or at least it won't be good enough to hit whatever sales goals or or internal to solve the internal problems you're having or, or whatever it is we're trying to fix. Definitely will not be up to our standards. We, we, yeah, we will not be able to be proud of it, frankly. And, and that's a problem too, is like, I think a lot of design firms do kind of take on those like shameful, like, let's just crap this out type of projects <laughs> and they never talk about it and it's money in the door. So that's fine. Isaac and I have really built this business around doing work that we can then use to promote. And I think that's been a really important part of our content strategy. So when we're talking to clients, we're trying to measure how likely is this project going to come out with something very cool that we can show off and get more work. So a lot of times we'll use that as criteria to decide, you know, which projects to really go after. So there've only been two or three instances in our career where we kind of threw away those red flags or disregarded them and just chased money and and we shouldn't have. Yeah, the work didn't come out as good as as we thought it should. And I don't want to sound like a snob because bills are bills and the bills yeah. keep coming whether or not you get those dream projects or not, you still have to pay you still have to pay the reaper. So, um, fine. Yeah. Our, our team wants health insurance. It's so <laughs> yeah. weird. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they want retirement and money. It's so frustrating that they ask for those things. They want to have a place to live. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, a lot of times we'll turn down those rush opportunities just because that's, that's not where we've made our bread and butter. And, and that is not where we're most comfortable, but you know, again, real world, sometimes you do what you got to do. 
You know, turning down work, especially when everything else is really exciting and sounds good, just because of a timeline really sucks. Uh, if there's one decision that you and I have made, or we have to make, I should say, maybe one or two times a year and have for the last several years, a so a decision that comes up again and again that we're still uncertain about every time we have to make it, it's this one. Because there's always in the back of your head, you're like, eh, maybe we should just do this. I don't know. But yeah, I think it, I think it is in, in most cases a good call for us to to walk away from those engagements. Yeah. I mean, the big takeaway here for us is that to do creative work properly, to take advantage of it, both as a group of people who like to create beautiful things, but also as a group of people who like to be strategic and solve business goals and make more money for people to do that properly takes time. You know, it, you have to value it, not just in the money you're spending, but also in the time and the the, the amount of marination that you're giving yourself to sit with something logically and emotionally and, and to let it develop and to build properly, you know, internally it, it takes time as well. You know, does your brewery like internally meaning from the side of like a client or a, a brewery who's going through this process, looking at it, <laughs> do you have the capacity to reach, you know, to hit this timeline on your end? Because we're going to need feedback in some cases within a day, you know, to hit certain timelines so are you going to be sitting there on email all day, like making sure you get back to us if, you know, you have a fermenter blow up or whatever on you? So that that you kind of have to program time in for that as well. That is a very, very good point. And we haven't even touched on that yet, have we? The, the client side. I mean, we're, we're kind of pissing and moaning and talking about poor designers, <laughs> but... <laughs> We'll put together a super granular timeline for a contract and it's just, I mean, it's out the window in three weeks. Like it, it, it compounds so quickly. If we have to bump that first brand strategy meeting by a few days, that bumps the initial presentation it bumps the revisions. And then you have someone kind of dip out of town for a vacation that no one talked about. And it's just, <laughs> you have this really tight, beautiful four month timeline that turns into seven and and tack on that if you're not giving fast feedback your your design team's just sitting there twiddling their thumbs and i think we mentioned this maybe back a few episodes i don't remember the number we the episode we were talking about being a great client but uh sticking to your timeline is one of the most important things you can do in this designer agency relationship not so much because it'll make your 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 kind of angsty dorky design firm partners <laughs> feel better but because you mentioned it in passing earlier, you're not their only project. You're not their only client. There are, if their business is running well, you are in a long line of people that are lined up to work with them and, and constantly kicking off every month or two. So this train cannot slow down too much. And, and just for, for our sake, we've always accommodated that as much as possible. You know, family emergency happens, someone... We're not going to bust people, you know, for like dipping out for vacation or something, but you could get bumped. That's a very real consequence of... Uh, timeline kind of slacking a little bit. So yeah, if you disappear suddenly in the middle of a project, you need to know that that your timeline is going to bump significantly. And it might not just be the time that you were gone. You could be bumped a month or more. I think we have a line in our contract that stipulates something about how your your, your new timeline, which will have to be developed when we kind of get going again, is based around our existing current schedule. So if we kicked off two big projects in that, let's say two or three weeks that you were gone, you could be like, you know, <laughs> your entire launch date could be a month or more back. So we got to stay on this. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> what did you say earlier? You said uh, mediocrity lasts forever. Uh, delays are temporary. Mediocrity is forever. Oh, man, that's good. My favorite business aphorism is that a, uh, a cleaved head no longer plots. <laughs>
Okay, moving on. It's really easy for us to say this, and I, I never want to sound patronizing. I mean, ever, but I just, you know, you and I get, we're, we're humans too. We're launching sub like Kodo sub brands. Mm -hmm. We're launching new websites for our own business. I get antsy, just as antsy as a client does, you know, as about timelines, about hitting certain dates, but realistically, no one's going to know or remember or care that something launched uh, a little beyond like, let's, let's say us for our internal date. Like it just very rarely matters. I know that we're now saying that deadlines don't matter, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of goes back on the entire episode that we're complaining about. But just closing thoughts. Has this even been productive? We haven't just been complaining, have we? Have we done anything valuable here? No, I, I think this has been good. I, you know, I it always blows my mind the amount of money people will spend and then conduct as though they had no idea what was on the schedule in the contract. And Oh, yeah. So and, and it's not that I'm not a big black and white kind of stickler guy. If we're a week behind or whatever, that's not a big deal. That just happens because little things come up, client can't make a meeting, whatever. It is what it is. That's not a huge problem. I think just at least trying to adhere to the thing that you signed is a really, really good practice. And and showing that, you know, even though like, of course, things never go perfectly. We live in planet Earth and stuff just happens. But at least trying to respect that and trying to stick to it as closely as possible. If that happens, I'm satisfied. So, and if if I left with one thought, it's that really great design, really good design work, marketing work, whatever. It takes time. It does. It takes money, but it takes time. Creative process takes time, both for individual creatives to come up with cool stuff, for for you and your team to sort of respond to it and build on it. And to really think about what it means, it all takes time. So if I left you with one heuristic or one thing that you can carry with you and apply in the future, when in doubt, try to carve out a little bit more time for yourself for these projects. Reach out to your branding partner to discuss that project even before you're ready to kick off so you can get on their radar and understand how much time it'll take and be realistic about the investment, both of time and emotional energy and money and everything that it takes to make a great project that results in stuff that works and helps you build and grow your business. Beautiful. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Isaac. Thanks for listening to Beer Branding Trends. If you like what we're doing here, if you find this valuable, please rate and review us over on iTunes and head over to beerbrandingtrends.com to join more than 5,000 subscribers who receive our monthly email newsletter covering strategy, currents, and actionable advice from Kodo Design, a branding firm on the front lines of beer and beverage branding. Take care. We'll catch back up with you soon.